of origin, a residence where love is rooted. In Kentucky, home has many voices. Shady lanes and memories, sweet dreams of friends like these, tall trees and green leaves, supper time is fun and free. Good Lord, I want to see my sweet old Kentucky. This My Home by Matt Walton. I am the green fields, the fields greener than the trees that outline and outfit the hulking mountains. I am as free, if not freer, than the horses out the pasture in their fields of green. From the coal mines of Pikeville to the tobacco fields of Fleming County, from the deep hollers of Paintsville to the old still on Branch Creek, Rural Voices Radio presents Eastern Kentucky, Sweet Dreams of Home. And the farmer who sweat from the long stifling day washes away the day's dirt and debris. And the sunrise whose light fills the land and people with, with hope of better days. I am Kentucky. I am home. I'm Kim Stafford. I've been working with teachers around the country in a program that encourages writing in our rural schools. Under the stewardship of the National Writing Project, we've written and read our work to one another and talked about how to teach writing. Kentucky humorist Irvin Cobb once said, Kentucky looks like a camel about to get up. If so, this is a camel that reaches into diverse lands. Kentucky is a border state between the north and south. It also bridges the east coast and the midwest. Eastern Kentucky is in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Thick veins of bituminous coal lie underground. The soil is poor, but the steep mountainsides grow thick forests of hickory, maple, oak, hemlock, red cedar, and pine, thanks to abundant rain and a long growing season. Streams, rivers, and waterfalls have eroded the mountains, carving gorges and deep valleys called hollers. The region experiences four distinct seasons, including a short, cold, snowy winter and a hot, humid summer. Student writers and their teachers gathered at a music hall in Moorhead, Kentucky to read their stories, poems, and essays, and to sing and play music. They came from Flatwoods, Paintsville, Sandy Hook, Jeremiah, Ashland, Olive Hill, Ewing, Hillsboro, Grayson, and Blackie. Our next group of readers uh, read about memories that they plan to take with them, even if they leave Kentucky. Memories of the Trail by Gareth Click. The dusty trail is covered with dry, crackly leaves, its sides overgrown by blackberry and raspberry vines. The purple colors of the barren vines break the silence. Little tree stumps and rocks stick out of the dusty, tire-beaten hillside. The mud hole at the bottom of the hill 
the tall, wild hay overcomes the green, luscious grass. The little stream of sulfur-covered vegetation flows underneath the water. The giant oak and sycamore trees inhabit our bodies and their branches. The smells of summer breezes rise over the hills. The treetops blow like drunken walking giants. Rowan and Holly by Morgan Mullins Beneath the shadows of oak and poplar, the emerald light of afternoon and those dusky shadows are intertwined and hide a lake of periwinkle, wild roses climbing the branches of Rowan and Holly. The single white tree, ancient and stately, stands. The smaller spiky ones are gathered round like children, dressed in berries to listen to tales draped in trailing vines in mountain forests. by Regina Gollihue. History dates back to 5000 B.C. There, Palo Indians did camp, where woolly mammoths did go. Then later in the 1600s, Shawnee Indians did stay. They were only there a few months while passing through, until the mid-1700s, European long hunters did enter, English, German, French, and Irish. The Shawnee packed their possessions onto dugout canoes and rafts. Up to Ohio River, they did go. The history is true. Our country is full of more of this history, too. Some people say Kentucky took its name from a Cherokee word that means dark and bloody ground. In fact, this beautiful land has witnessed its share of battles from colonial times to the Civil War. European long hunters came and explored Kentucky in the 1700s. Rather than rush their animal skins to market, they lingered. They met Cherokee, Shawnee, and other hunters, but reported no settlements. Deer run free, and we do too. A rich, sweet dream for me and you. Fun and fancy free will be. Lord, I'm going to stay in Kentucky. My girl Lorraine walks over the hill. We went out to dinner. I paid the bill. In my heart, I love her still. Till Tiger Stroud, I always will. My sweet Lord, I sow my sea, my everlasting Kentucky. Pal, by Travis Dixon. My cousin Jack and I were on our way to a farm in the country to deer hunt. I was a nervous wreck. Kid Rock song Cowboy on the radio took my mind off my fears for a while. On our way, we saw three bucks, two does, and a fawn. We got to the spot where old hay bales sat in a field of green grass. Perfect, I thought. I was wrong. After sitting there for a long time and not seeing anything, we decided to pack it up for the day. By this time, it was dark and hard to see. As we were driving away, I was doubtful of any sightings, but there she stood. A big, beautiful doe and a small fawn stood in the creek below us. I looked at Jack and said, Stop, stop, there's a doe. He stopped the truck and my heart was racing in excitement fear and guilt for what I was about to do. Afraid of scaring it away, I stuck the gun out the window. Illegal. I took aim through the high-powered scope, but I had to aim high to avoid the fawn. I took the shot. Pow. The deer ducked and ran off. You got her, Jack said. Good shot. 
She ran about 500 yards and dropped in a briar patch. The fawn just stood there in shock. We got out and followed the blood trail. We found her, still alive and bleeding profusely from the bullet wound. My cousin did something that will stay in my mind forever. He cut her throat, and she died. I just about cried for what I had done. I had taken this fawn's mommy. Raccoons and possums too. I hunt them with my hound dog blue. Ain't no man without his hunting hand. That would be the best friend of man. Oh my sweet lord, I need to see my dear old Kentucky. Poppy by Sylvia O'Reilly. Dog, a flesh-eating, domesticated mammal. Poppy, my puppy was soft and cuddly, but buried. We put his dead body in the earth. I had to put him there. He was sick, so ill. We planted a tree to give him shade. Land, the solid parts of the surface of the earth. Where Poppy used to play. His house, a shelter where he will never sleep again. These rugged mountains held off settlers for a hundred years while the British colonies were developing. One early traveler compared the mountains to a choppy sea after a dreadful storm. The roads in eastern Kentucky were so bad the people here stayed and outsiders rarely visited. In isolation, the culture thrived. People danced the old clog dances. They made their own music by preserving and transforming tunes from the old country, like Scots and Irish ballads, and borrowing from neighbors in the South who sang blues, Negro spirituals, work songs, shouts, and gospel. From these roots, bluegrass was born. But in these mountains, all the young man could do to make money was cut trees, mine coal, or gather bloodroot and ginseng. Over time, the coal companies turned to strip mining, using heavy equipment to carve the mountains. Many underground mines shut down. Eastern Kentucky by Jennifer Blavins. Dark green rolling hills, big and open, where freedom rings. We breathe the scent of pines. Hot, sunny days. People rushing around. At night, I see the moon behind the trees. A man comes home from a dusty day's work in the mines. He wears a dirty face. Fifteen years in the coal mine, but ain't a very long time. Fifteen years in the coal mine, but ain't a very long time. Some pull a lifetime, some pull a 99. Though it's hard to find a flat piece of ground in the mountains, many people grow a garden and a patch of hay or corn. Hard Work by Andrew Bentley. Mid farming life of hard work and dirt, tillers that mumble as they dig into the soil, thorn bushes that stick me as I look for blackberries to eat or drink the juice. Cornstalks planted in the lukewarm dirt. The garden full of rainbow-colored vegetables, lettuce, and carrots. Nanny cooking fried green tomatoes and baking no-bake cookies. Nanny always saying, you're like a mis-baked cookie, hard-headed. 
The Beaver Lake and the big field next to the Florida Tile. They make you want to stay a long, long time. Working by Josh Cooksey. I've been working ever since I was nine. One year we were sort of low on money, so I went to work on my uncle's farm. He put me to work in the hay field. I sweated as I raked and moved the hay in the hot sun. It took some initiative for me to get through to the day, but I didn't mind. At $5 an hour, it was good money. So that's what it's like for me to work in Kentucky. On the western face of the mountains, the land slopes more gently. The soil is richer. Wherever they can, people grow tobacco. It's been the state's top crop for over a hundred years. That's changing. The government has been cutting growing quotas, which has many a farmer looking for another crop. Kentuckians still observe what Kentucky writer Wendell Berry called the annual drama of the tobacco crop. Tobacco by Morgan Carver. Tobacco Road by Alex Kaiser. On January 1st, it begins. We think of only one thing, tobacco. The water beds are empty, the wagon loaded down. Two tractors roar to life. As it moves down the road, the setter's wheel turns. Then it rises off the ground and starts off again on a long, endless rows. Sweat poured from my sunburnt brow like the dew that flew from the monstrous many-leaved tobacco plants. I cut the leaves and turned the long, splintery tobacco stick to push the sticky gummy stock of tobacco down on the sharp top of the stick. The work is hard, the pay isn't good, and the hours are long and tiresome, but it is honest and pure. We watch and wait, hold the weeds, watch and wait, top the plants. The dry dirt under my red wings pops and cracks as I work my way through the last long row. Fat little tobacco worms are eating and sucking the leftover tops of the tobacco. Wait till summer's end. Down the plants fall, hundreds litter the ground. The wagon rolls out as before, piled high with the huge leaves. We stand in the hayloft on the planks, only a few inches across. We hang the leaves high on the ceiling, the floor is a carpet of the precious leaves. After they dry, we bring them down again and pile them in the shop. We grab the stalks and rip them back. The warehouse is bare again in the fall. And we stop thinking tobacco until January 1st. First the thought, tobacco. I walk slowly, watching the dust rise. Lord knows I love this place called Tobacco Road. In eastern Kentucky, it can really rain. One fork of the Big Sandy River used to flood the town of Pikeville when rains got heavy. In an engineering feat, workers removed five million cubic yards of dirt and rock from Peach Orchard Mountain to divert the river away from town. The New York Times called it the eighth wonder of the world. The people who live there call it the Pikeville Cut-Through. 
The old floods still live deep in memory. The valley is flooding, Valen Z. Lewis. The valley is flooding, and we're leaving home. I'm taking a photograph of our loving family. When I look at it, I see people who care, whose main priority in life is one another. Yes, for me it is important, so I'm taking it with me. The valley is flooding, and we're leaving home. Pipeful dam is caving in and the water's coming through. River's been rising and the rain's still coming down. Fourteen days and nights it's gonna wash away the town. Let it roll, roll on muddy dreams. Let it roll, taking everything. Hard Scrabble by Gail Clevenger, read by Anita Shaw. I love to rhyme, I love to reason. I rhyme to reason now why our forefathers were born to a hard scrabble life in the sweep of Kentucky's brow. Did God make them farmers of these rocky hills, diggers of the deep black coal? Woodland hunters of turkey and deer with survival their only goal? Did God pick them out because he knew they were tough and they would hold tight? when the reward they fought for so hard was hardly worth the fight? And did he repay them in beauty of land with flowers, trees, cliffs, and streams? And did he give them these beautiful hills as stair steps to impossible dreams? As they continue to scrabble hard to preserve their hard scrabble life, they gather strength of character that is born from suffering and strife. If so, I guess we should thank him and give him the gratitude due for had they been born to an easier place, I wouldn't be me, and you couldn't be you. Many of Kentucky's early settlers came for religious freedom. Baptists, Presbyterians, and the United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Appearing, to name a few. Even today, Kentucky is part of what some call the Bible Belt. My Papa by Emily Atkins. My Papa is a preacher for the old regular Baptist church. We call him the moderator, meaning he leads the church and gives advice. He preaches all over the United States. Some of the churches are very old and have outside restrooms. When he preaches, I feel like I'm in heaven. His sweet voice rumbles through the church. When church starts, all of the people start to sing, and it is so beautiful. Then he starts to preach. At the end, people sing twice as loud and twice as pretty. In the 1960s, President Lyndon Johnson brought the War on Poverty to eastern Kentucky. Over the next decade or so, some people found new opportunities through development programs. Still, when you hit hard times, you turn to family. He's Old But Not That Old by Tammy Lane, read by Willie Grills. He's old, but not that old. He is 42 without any sign of gray hair. He works every chance he gets, day or night. He does body work on vehicles. 
He has been working on cars since he was 10 years old. People made fun of him, but when he got his car all dusted up, it was the sharpest car around. He is my dad. I am 16, and I have been working on cars with my dad since I can remember. The only type of car or truck my dad will drive is a Chevy, and me too, because Chevy is the type that I was raised up on. My dad and I make fun of Fords just to annoy some of my dad's friends. All my dad and I talk about is cars. My dad has a 61 pickup, two 62 pickups, a 63 that was a pickup, but he turned into a four-wheel. only have a 65 pickup with a step-side bed, which my dad and me are going to rebuild together. We also clean the house together and go fishing every chance we get. That's not very often because he works all summer to make up for winter. But when we do go fishing, we go all the way to the creek bank because he doesn't like boats all that well. Through all my dad's separations from my mom, I've lived with my dad. So I know my dad a lot better than I do my mom, but I know the way she is. My dad has been there for me, so I respect him. We have been through everything together, and I hate to say it, but we are still going through trouble. He always tells me what is going on so that I know what to look for. The way my dad has had his life, I don't think I will ever get married. He can't breathe all that well because of the dust from sanding, and he has bad sinus problems from the paint fumes. He is going to give up body work and start doing mechanic work, which is my favorite work. The only difference between my dad and me is he prefers body work, and I like mechanic work better. No family would be complete without an eccentric or two. Where would we be without a sleepwalker or a foolish uncle to keep things lively? Sleepwalker by Liz Mandrell In the middle of the night, my mother used to walk on the housetop, so all the upstairs doors had to be locked. But then she started going out windows, so Grandfather put bells on them, except the one that led to the smokehouse roof, where Sparky the cat came in at night. They say she danced along the peak of that little salt-grease barn by the house until she fell off and finally woke up. Now I'm sleeping in that same room my mother used as a girl. I hear Uncle Peanut coming up the stairs to play Furlan Husky records over and over on Cousin Truman's stereo. Peanut's an every-other-week drunk, which is better than an all-the-time drunk. I can smell the horse chestnut outside and the smokehouse and the grape soda he mixes with Kessler's whiskey. And I think maybe my mother wasn't a sleepwalker after all. She was an escapee on the roof, bald tired of her brother's foolishness that her mother excused and her daddy allowed. So she went dancing in the moonlight, the salt hanging of the pigs beneath her feet, the flutter of her nightgown-like wings, over and over to the edge. All About Them Good Old Fried Tomatoes by Elizabeth Neal I can remember smelling them good old fried tomatoes. They were so ripe and juicy. I can taste them right now. They were just sitting there on the table. I wanted to try one, and that's what I did. Summer, it's hot and humid. Everything's green and growing. Some gather blackberries and put up jam. Some go plant corn and make moonshine. Teacher Jane Dixon will never forget her parents' urgent warning. 
If you drink bad moonshine, you'll go blind. Now she offers her daughter and granddaughter the same advice with a twist. Stiller Bills, Still House by Jane Dixon. The creek branch runs down the hill and into the north fork of the Kentucky River. Traces of the old still are gone where jars and jugs of crystal clear shine were filled. I had hoped to find the wet bricks stacked neatly by the creek by my great-great-grandfather, Stiller Bill. I remember the old still house half hidden under moss and creekside vines, but all trace is gone, and now I smell the rich and pungent odor of loamy earth and step over ancient fallen giants, legendary American chestnut trees. Underfoot, wet leaves cling to my well-worn boots, weighing me down on my uphill climb toward the past. I wanted to say it's still there on Stillhouse Branch, just above the place where two old buckeye trees still rise up from the steep sides of the creek, silent sentinels and observers from a time past, a youthful time of hill climbing and creek sliding. The still is gone, but I can hear the sounds of my cousins laughing. Sweet blue moon and moonshine still Burning my memory by my great uncle Bill A lot of fun came from that well We kicked back and times were swell My sweet Lord, you blessed me by my home in Kentucky I thank God every day For the love that I see In my home Sweet Kentucky Writer George Ella Lyon Grew up in eastern Kentucky She wrote You must trust your first voice The one tuned by the people And place that made you Before you can speak your deepest truths the young generation of writers in eastern Kentucky knows that. Though they speak in many voices, they began their writing at home. My Home by Michael Potmeyer My home is in Kentucky, a place of farms and land, a place as rich with culture as soil in your hand, where rolling hills cascade into skies and golden rays of sun firmly grasp your eyes. And when you're out late, moistened with dew, a bonfire roaring, your family with you, Telling stories of days long since past, I feel my spirit rising like wind in a mast. Kentucky, you see, is a place for the soul, a spiritual mountain that makes me whole. From the tops of the mountains to the depths of the hollers of eastern Kentucky, voices call. We must listen. Come home, they call. Don't leave, they cry. Kentucky's mountains say, you are home. Sweet Dreams of Home, Writings from Eastern Kentucky, is a production of the National Writing Project. The radio project is coordinated by Laura Paradise, with support from Yana Rogers. The program was written, recorded, and produced by Deborah Beagle, with help from Liz Mandrell, Jane Dixon, Nancy Peterson, and other members of the Moorhead Writing Project at Moorhead State University and the Mountain Writing Project at Eastern Kentucky University. Script editing by Lauren Krenzel and Kim Stafford. Stephen Erickson mixed the program. Music was performed by the White Horse String Band, Christina Pesco-Solido, Bobby Dale, accompanied by Bruce Davis, Mike Jarrell, Paul Province, and Jesse Wells. 
Willie Grills, James Mabry, and Doug Calhoun wrote and performed Sweet Dreams of Kentucky. The National Writing Project is funded by a grant from the U.S. Department of Education. We'd love to hear from you. Please visit Rural Voices Radio at www.writingproject.org. I'm your host, Kim Stafford. Thank you for listening.